Blog Talk Radio. Working on a weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. Swear they passed us, they doing too much. Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up. Virgil got a paddock on my wrist going nuts. Caught me slipping once, okay, so what? Someone hit your block up, I tell you if it was us. Man, a house in Rosewood, it too plush. Say my day's a number, but I keep waking up. No, you see my text, baby, please say something. Wine by the glass, your man, a cheapskate, huh? Gotta move off my release day, huh? This is fame, not clout. I don't even know what that's about. Watch your mouth. Baby, got an ego twice the size of the crib. I can never tell it. It is what it is. Said what I had to and did what I did. Never turn my back on FBG, God forbid. Virgil got a paddock on my wrist doing front flips. Giving you my number, but don't hit me on no dunk. Working on the weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. Swear they passed us, they doing too much. Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up. Virgil got a paddock on my wrist going nuts. Caught me slipping once, okay, so what? Someone hit your block up, I tell you if it was us. Man, a house in Rosewood, it too plush. It's cool, man. Got red bottoms on. Life is good. You know what I mean? for the cheap spring on the a little. I done flew one out to Spain to be in my domain and all the models. Dropped $3 on the rain, cause it's been the truck, look. Ooh. I was in the trap circle, ain't been the same fence. Granted, she was standing right there while I catch play on the brick. Ooh. I made them look, go ahead, while I tell band in this. Ooh. I'd have been down bad in them trenches, had to ride with that stick. Ooh. Who gave you pills, who gave that dust, Pluto Central and lick. Ooh. Too many convicts that rolled me to play in this. Ground about nonsense, get old, so I'm spreading this. They had the counter light lighting it up, anybody could get it, ooh I'm on a PJ lighting it up, backwood full of sticky, ooh I'm trying to tote that Drake on London and then it's extended, ooh They got a stretcher, how we gon' die for this, ooh Yeah, I ride for my d***s, I lie my d***s, ooh We some poor, high class, made it, we rich, yeah I was at the band, though, got a penthouse for a closet, ooh It's like a shadow, lay on my neck, my wrist, ooh I got pink toes that talk different languages, ooh uh, Hundred thousand for the cheapest ring on the finger, look ooh. I done flew one out to Spain to be in my domain and all the models, ooh Dropped three dollars on the rain, cause it's been the truck, look ooh. I was in the trap circle, and they ain't been the same fence That's by the time I call her Serena, I go tremendo for new fettuccine All fat though, carry the pinky, all fat though, we bought the Fiji I'm in the loop with the woo, I'm in the loop with the woo Which one you working? I put your face to the news I put the on the shirt After I merge it, make it go s*** the hearse Cost me a quarter bird It's worth it, you a maniac I'm an alien, how you spurgin' Got that kitty cat, I'm having fun with that Going Birkin Hundred thousand for the cheapest ring on the finger look I done flew one out to Spain to be in my domain and all the models Dropped three dollars on the rain, cause it's been the truck look Ooh, I was in the trap, sir. Name been the same fence. Ooh, hot dollars for the cheap ring on the cheap ring look. Hot dollars for the cheap ring on the cheap ring look. Yeah, hot dollars for the cheap ring on the cheap ring look. Hot dollars for the cheap ring on.
Hello. Hey, hey, Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Everything. Yeah, we're we're all okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don, there. That's good. No, Don's in the hospital. He's in the hospital. Yeah. When did that yeah. happen? He called me this afternoon. Oh my God. So, uh, is uh, Roy uh, coming on? Oh, yeah, I got to go Roy. Uh, yeah. Do you have his number? Yeah, hold on. Roy's number? All right. Yeah, just a second. I'm having problems with his computer. It was yeah. off for three months. It's gonna hold be on one second. His number is uh, 813 yeah, you, you, you I'm sorry. Yeah, I can, can you do patch that. Hold on a minute. Yeah, I'll patch him in just a minute. You know, you can live on a, on a cruise ship going around the world for a year, cheaper than you live in there, and in assisted living. Okay. We got uh, Roger, right. Roy, and Frank together for the first okay. time in several months. That's right. And but, there's uh, a lot to talk about. <laughs> but first yeah. of all, our prayers are answered, Frank. Right. Okay. Yep. Um, just so everyone will know, uh, this all started uh, back uh, three and a half months ago. Uh, Don fell and hurt his uh, and broke his hip. About a, a month after that, my wife fell and broke her hip and femur. And then I ended up in the hospital with uh, uh, major problems. So it's uh, for all our list, true listeners. I apologize for being off so long, but there was just no way we could get the uh, job done. So uh, we're back, and Mr. Roy, you got a lot to talk about in, in uh, Tampa, don't you? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on here, but uh, it's so good to uh, have you back, Frank. Uh, 
Glad you're uh, you're back home, and uh, hopefully you're feeling better. But so, yes, sir. Very good, very good. Well, yes, uh, plenty going on here in Tampa. Um, the Buccaneers are a surprising two and zero. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are uh, in training camp and uh, with no plans to re-sign Steven Stamkos until at least after the season. Um, so that's going to be some drama. Uh, and uh, the Tampa Bay Rays have announced that uh, they are staying in St. Petersburg and they have plans uh, with the city to uh, rebuild or build a new stadium right uh, next door to the old one. And uh, it's going to be part of a, a major redevelopment uh, effort. Uh, in what is known as the gas plant district, which is basically where they are right now. And uh, so, I mean, there's good news and bad news there. Um, you know, the good news is the Rays are staying in Tampa Bay and staying in St. Pete. The bad news is they're staying in the right. same place they are right now, which has always been an impediment to uh, to attendance um, because it just it's just a uh, it's kind of a no go for so many people, uh, you know, east of uh, you know in East Tampa and beyond. So um, Right. There's a bit of an issue there, and uh, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but uh, just about anybody east of Kennedy Boulevard in Tampa, if anybody knows what that main drag is, um, it, it pretty much shuts them out, really. Uh, east and north of there, it's it's just very hard to get to the drop. But uh, the good news is the Rays are going to stay put, and uh, we don't have to worry about Montreal coming and taking the team or them moving to Nashville or Portland or Vegas or anywhere else. So that's uh, that's good news, and obviously the Bucks off to a great start. Um, but we're going to find out what the Bucks are made of this weekend, guys. Um, and and you know, Roger, I think maybe one way to go here early on, while I'm with you guys for the next 20 minutes or so, is the NFC South, um, which nobody gave even a, a nod or a blink to uh, prior to the start of the season, is suddenly proven to be a, a fairly competitive division. Uh, you got three teams, two and zero there. You're right, uh, Roy, and you know I was going to talk about the Falcons because I watched that game on Sunday. Uh, you know, uh, really exciting uh, that you know down to the wire to uh, the uh, field goal at the end of the game, and uh, they they look very good. And I'm looking forward to uh, you know now that we're we're back and we'll get settled in the next couple of weeks uh, to have uh, Daryl Ebbetter on. Uh, our good friend and your good friend uh, to talk about the uh, the Falcons, but I'll tell you uh, they're two and zero, and uh, the Eagles are two and zero, but the Eagles are a two and zero that is not impressive uh, because of what is expected of them, and uh, you know I think that uh, they'll straighten out, and and I think some of the other teams. Uh, in in the league, uh, and I think Detroit is one. I think is going to be uh, tough to handle as the, the season goes uh, on. And I, I feel the same thing about uh, Jacksonville. But uh, you know, who would have ever thought that the <coughs> excuse me the Chiefs would lose their opening night game? You know, on that Thursday right. night. I mean, that was a surprise. Right. Yeah, clear, clearly a surprise, but uh, but you know what? Hey, that's what the NFL is. I mean, it's it's a very uh, it, there's parity everywhere. Uh, anybody can upset anybody at any time, and uh, I'm not concerned about the Chiefs. They came back and a game that a lot of a lot of people thought they would lose uh, at Jacksonville. They came back and and obviously uh, took care of business there, which is good uh, for them. But uh, yeah, I mean, you say the Eagles have an impressive unimpressive two and zero record. Well. 
you know, uh, maybe it gets to be an unimpressive three, you know, because they got the Bucks coming up next. And uh, I think this is a real test for the Bucks. We're going to see what they're made of, I, you know, because the Bucks haven't played anybody special. Uh, the Bears are the Bears, and the Vikings, um, you know, proved in week one not to be as uh, as dominant a team or as good a team as I think uh, they can be or will be. Um, obviously, they, uh, you know, the Bucks uh, figured out a way to, uh, you know, put together a very good second half against them and uh, come out winners. But I think the biggest surprise in Tampa is that, you know, and it's not a surprise to me, guys, but uh, Baker Mayfield is playing a pretty uh, decent brand of football right now. He's playing at a high level. Um, he's uh, he's moving the moving the ball. Uh, he's uh, connecting with his top receivers, which he's got plenty of. Uh, he's making smart decisions with the ball, and uh, the defense has proved to be uh, quite advantageous, uh, taking taking the ball away, uh, creating uh, scoring opportunities for the offense. So, right now the Bucks are uh, Bucks are looking strong, but again, they haven't played anybody special yet. Uh, a real good test comes from them on Monday if they beat the Eagles, guys. And the way the Eagles are playing, uh, right. you know, that's certainly possible. Um, that'll be a wake-up call for uh, the entire league to Tampa Bay and certainly a wake-up call to the Eagles who, uh, as you know, Rogers pointed out, uh, ha- haven't played probably at the highest level that they, they're capable of just yet. Well, exactly. And, uh, you know, I did want to um, go in a little direction for a second uh, because this, there's so much that happened in the last several months. Uh, but uh, our buddy Ira Kaufman was on, I guess he's on weekly uh, with Chris Russo on uh, Sirius XM. And right. uh, he had a very interesting story. And I don't, you may know this story. I, I did not. Uh, but I didn't, uh, the, uh, he related, Roy, that he had uh, not spoken to um, the, uh, Warren Sapp in a number of years. And uh, when he did, I think it was at the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, the, the, the subject came up about John Gruden uh, and this NFL lawsuit about racism and everything else. And he said he had asked Warren Sapp uh, if Gruden was a racist. And he said, absolutely not. And I think his exact quote was, hey, listen, I was uh, raised in the South. I know a racist, and he is not a racist. And I just think there's so much that's going on behind the scenes with uh, uh, people that you're very familiar with because you dealt with them. Uh, You know, not only Warren Sapp, obviously you're good friends with Ira, but uh, this Gruden situation, uh, this lawsuit, I mean, it, it's, it's just amazing some of the stuff that is going on uh, behind the scenes. Yeah, I'll say this. I mean, obviously, we're, you know, just a couple of years behind the, you know, the, the curve on this, obviously, with the, the, John, the John Gruden thing. Um, but I was, you know, I, I mean, I wasn't surprised to hear about some of the emails going back and forth. Um, you know, some of the homo- homophobic uh, comments, not really surprised that that was there. But the racist stuff, that I never – I never saw any indication of that uh, with John Gruden. Um, John Gruden was – you know, is uh, a guy who, you know, as a football coach, he just wants somebody who can get the play right. Get the play right and execute it. Um, he wants someone at a high level. He wants uh, – he prefers veterans over rookies and uh, – he doesn't care, uh, you know, what you look like or, you know, 
how old you are necessarily. Certainly, it doesn't matter how old you are. Um, you just want someone who's uh, capable of doing the job. And uh, so, no, I, I I agree with Warren Sapp. I I don't think I don't think John Gruden is a racist. I you know, uh, but uh, you know, so yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Uh, I'm I'm not surprised that Warren Sapp would uh, would have John Gruden's back there. Well, that's 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 good news, and uh, I called Don about it uh, when I, I heard this, and obviously uh, was news to uh, both of us. But we don't follow the uh, inner workings with lawsuits and in the NFL, and uh, you know, and things like that. So, getting back to a more positive uh, a trend in in uh, in, in sports. Um, the getting back uh, to the the Rays uh, and and they're staying in Tampa or in uh, St. Pete. You know I've been there several times. You're a hundred percent right. It is tough. You got you got to spend some time to go over the causeway, the bridge, and everything else. But uh, the only thing I can say is looking at uh, what the Braves have done with the battery. Uh, they, you know, that was the, they wanted to uh, stay down where, where Turner Field is. And the city didn't cooperate. That's, a, that's an old story. But they have done a magnificent uh, job of, uh, with hotels, condos, uh, making it a destination. Now, it's not that long of a drive from downtown Atlanta, except you got a lot of traffic, to get to the battery in Smyrna. Because uh, it's just on the uh, fringe of um, of Cobb County, but I th- the whole, my uh, my thinking is if you make it a destination where you can make it go there for hours, okay, not just you know for a game. I think that that can change a, a lot of people's perspective. I don't know whether you agree with that or not, but I'd like to have your opinion. No, I think you're right. Um, it's what you have to do. I mean, right now, Tropicana Field, for those who don't know the area or don't know know anything about it, um, there's nothing there. There is nothing there. There is one sports bar across the street, um, and it's been there for a long time. It's a, it's a you know it's a very popular place, but it's one sports bar. Um, there's also a block of some nice shops and restaurants, and but that it's a block, um, and there's nothing else. And, um, you know, it's uh, Tropicana Field, much like most stadiums, is surrounded by parking parking, uh, park, parking lots because they don't have a parking garage. They have lots. And those lots stretch for, you know, half a mile uh, in either direction. And uh, you, 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 they border uh, uh, in a, kind of an industrial area uh, and then a, a residential area that's, uh, you know, not uh, high end. And, um you know, it's just there's nothing. You're, you're, it's not a destination. There's not a whole lot to do around there prior to prior to a game or after a game. Um, so I think what you know the Rays have done that's smart is they've partnered with the city of St. Petersburg, and the plan is to make uh, the new the new stadium uh, part of a uh, development uh, project where they're going to bring in uh, a lot more retail. Um, uh, opportunities for people a lot more uh you know just uh you know housing um high-end housing condominiums that kind of thing and it's going to be a destination a lot more restaurants shops that kind of you know it's it's going to be a place to go um the the the, the problem is 
is it's not on the water. And, you know, that, that could, you know, that could taint the whole theory because basically you're going to go down there and yeah, it's, it's going to be nice, but if it's not on the water, well, okay, then it's really not any different than, you know, downtown, you know, Kansas city um, Mm -hmm. and, or downtown Minneapolis. And, you know, so that could be a bit of a challenge, but at least they've, uh, they've put, you know, the plan is there to put this stadium in the middle of something that is, uh, you know, going to attract people. And hopefully it does, um, because let's face it, I mean, nobody wants to see the Rays struggle with attendance. It's, it's awful that they do, but um, as you pointed out, you know, there's two bridges to get over to uh, to that area in Tampa, and um, there's three, you know, there's three different, four different uh, ways to get over into that county, but there's two bridges that take you down into that, into the area where the stadium is, uh, and, and they're both very narrow, you know, they're, they're two lanes. And and it's just, you know, not – well, one's two lanes uh, going each way. The other one's about, you know, four or five lanes going each way. But it's still not enough. Um, and uh, uh, on game days, it's just uh, it's just a hassle. It's just really difficult to uh, to get out there. And um, it's uh, – you know, we'll see. It, it would be nice if, uh, you know, if they could also partner with the, with the city of Tampa and Hillsborough County, which is the adjoining county and somehow figure out a way to get some kind of uh, mass transit system together uh, to get people mm-hmm. from Tampa uh, uh, over to St. Petersburg, um, you know, without having to, you know, drive over the bridges uh, and park. If that can somehow is, be done, obviously you're talking about a light rail system, maybe even a monorail right, system. Right, right. Um, but, uh, you know, that would be uh, – <laughs> that would be – I guess I guess the way to put that that would be so forward thinking that it's almost far too forward thinking. <laughs> Even though those those are things that are everywhere now, and they've right. been in you know Disney World since the seventies. Uh, right. Florida is pretty backwards in a lot of ways, and that's one of them. Um, it's a Republican state. Right. They're going to turn down federal money. They've already turned down the federal money that was offered ten years ago during the Obama administration to to build a high speed rail system that could have connected the two uh, communities. Um, so, so they're way behind on that, but um, that's probably the only way that you're ever going to get people from, you know, eastern Hillsborough County and northern Hillsborough County over into St. Petersburg on a regular basis to go watch a baseball game because it's just, um, it's just too difficult to get over there and get back in a timely manner. Well, that's how Pittsburgh, uh, you get into the Steelers and the Pirates. They have a light rail system from the South Hills. Uh, in uh, Cleveland, when I went uh, to uh, the uh, Indians game several times, we were outside this way outside the city. I took the light rail, and um, I will say this. Uh, and there's been a, we've talked about it on the show in different segments about the 76ers. You know, mm-hmm. want to build their own uh, facility um, in in uh, downtown Philadelphia, and it's caused all kinds of problems. Uh, because of uh, the Chinese community, which and, I, and Don and I and I think Frank feel the same way. It is absolutely the dumbest idea. And maybe now that Josh Harris is all tied up with the uh, commanders, uh, he'll forget about that idea. But uh, what they are going to do at the stadium complex, they have a big hotel casino there now. They are going to make it more of a destination for other than games. They have Xfinity Live. But that, you know, is limited in, in size. 
uh, but they're going to have shops and everything and yet still have a nice uh, residential community without unsettling uh, the people. You saw that, didn't you, Frank, about uh, what that plan is? And I think that's a really smart idea. Uh, to to make the uh, stadium complex even a more of a destination. So and you got the transportation because the subway goes right there. So uh, it makes it easy. But uh, you're you're right, you know, boy. Roger, I think. Yeah. Roger, when it comes to politics in Philadelphia, the 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 whole reason for getting what you really want is throw the water out before the baby. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. And uh, but I, I, you know, it'll be interesting to uh, to see what happens. Well, let's talk. A, I don't know how long you can stay, Roy, but we'll have to. We do need to talk about the, the upcoming uh, hockey season. And yeah. uh, was that a surprise that uh, the uh, Lightning won't make that uh, big sign up? Yeah, it's a bit of a surprise uh, to me. I mean, actually, it's, I think it's a big surprise. I shouldn't say bit of a surprise. No, it is a big surprise. face. You're talking about uh, the face of the franchise. Uh, you know, clearly the best player that's ever played. For, well, after Marty St. Louis, the, the best player that's ever played for the team. Uh, sure, almost certain Hall of Famer. Um, and he's coming off two very good seasons. And, 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 you know, two of his more healthy seasons as well. It's it's almost like Steven Stamkos has kind of turned a corner here. And, uh you know, in terms of health and <clears throat> and playing, uh, you know, full seasons and and being available to the team and uh, and playing at at a, at a little bit higher level on a regular basis, um, you know. So I'm a little, yeah, I, I am surprised. But I, you know, listening to the general manager today, uh, Brian, uh, I, I I I get it. I mean, it makes sense. And I think what they want to do is, I think they want to evaluate this team over the course of the next uh, six to nine months and say, okay, well, where are we going forward? You know, Steven Stamkos is, he's going to be 30 plus years old now. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, is he someone that you can afford to pay for past uh, accomplishments at such a high level in a salary cap era when you've got a bunch of young kids coming up as it is, Um, you know, this is a team that's had to, had to move out some players um, that have proved to be pretty darn good over the you know the course of uh, of time uh, in the last few years, and uh, you know they would love to have some of those guys you know as part of their team now. Um, and in order to keep certain players like Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, uh, some of the others, they may have to make a tough decision and let a guy like Steven Stamkos go just because they can't afford him, or figure out a, a, a more you know uh, unique way to structure the contract again. I think they just want to see where they are. Um, you know, they've got the control right now. I don't think it's the, Stephen Samkos is the kind of guy who's going to let this bother him. If anything, it'll fuel them more, and uh, and that may just uh, that may make the decision for them um, right then and there. But uh, you know, I think they want to see how some of the prospects look. Uh, you know, going forward, and if they look good and they feel like they can get you know similar production. Uh, out of, uh, you know, another guy, um, well, uh, they, they may very well do it. Because let's not forget, the, the, the downside of Steven Stamkos, and, you know, I just got done saying that he's, he's proved to be a little bit more of, than this over the last couple of years, but for a long time, he's basically just kind of a, a power play sniper. Now, granted, that's that's big. But, mm. you know, the, the way to beat the Lightning is to stay out of the penalty box. Make them play five-on-five five and beat you five-on-five. Five. 
Um, it may be a case where as long as you've got Vasilevsky playing at the level he plays at in goal, you know, you can win three to two, two to one, uh, four to three. You don't need five, six goals a game. And if that's the case, well, then Steven Stamkos can become expendable. Um, I think it's something they'll look at prudently. Uh, I, I don't think there's any plans to get rid of Steven Stamkos, but I think it, it's not a bad idea to just say, hey, let's, let's, let's see how things look. Let's see where we are. Uh, you know, at the end of next, at the end of this coming season, let's see how much he, you know, how valuable he really is to us. At that point, um, he may prove to be extremely valuable, invaluable, and uh, but at the same time, he may prove to be expendable. So let's wait and see. I don't think it's a bad idea. No, I, I, I don't either. And I'll tell you another uh, good idea in the NHL. And I honestly uh, did not. Uh, I don't know whether they've even done it previously. Uh, but they've been showing it a lot on NBC Sports Philly, and I watched it uh, one night for quite a while. They've had a rookie game between the uh, Rangers and the Flyers rookies, and I think that's a great idea that could be implemented, you know, in spring training in baseball, you know, where you have some rookie games, and um, uh, and I think, you know, uh, maybe that's that's what you need to do during training camp to get a little more interest uh, in the NFL in those preseason games. That makes you a know? lot of sense, too. That's, that's a great idea, Roger, because, you know, and gee, what a, what a shock, the NHL uh, kind of being the trailblazer here on this again. Uh, again, one of these days I'm going to put together that list, guys, and it's extensive of what the NHL did long before everybody else that everybody else now looks at and sees as common. But, uh, but that may be one of them. And you know what? The, the, you're going to see a lot of that here in the preseason. Um, the NHL is going to have a lot of preseason games on the NHL network, uh, and obviously those are uh, those are showcases for the prospects. The uh, the regular players don't get a lot of time in those games, um, you know. But uh, the NHL is doing a pretty good job of trying. Look, everybody's into prospects now. Everybody's into rookies, draft picks, who's coming up next. Uh, so you know what, Roger, it's an absolutely great idea. Uh, I would absolutely love to see uh, rookie showcases and uh, and two or three of them, you know, have have one a week, you know, have a rookie showcase of some kind and, uh, you know, let the kids uh, get some exposure and, and see what everybody's got uh, down on the farm. It's not a bad idea at all. Well, I'll tell you, Roy, it uh, caught my attention and I watched it because it's, uh, <laughs> you're going to laugh about this, but I can't get uh, YouTube TV on my TV. So how I watch TV is on my iPad, okay, <laughs> when I want to watch TV. And uh, so you flip through the channel, hey, wait a minute, here's something new. I don't have to watch the junk that's on TV and all the repeats <laughs> and stuff I'm not interested in. Well, so, you're not alone, Roger. You're not alone. Let me tell you something. I'll leave you with this, guys. Uh, on many nights during the week, uh, my wife has something that she prefers to watch and, uh, on the TV, and I let her watch that, and that's when the iPad uh, goes on in front of me, and I, I'll sit there and watch it with her, but uh, I'm paying attention to the Cubs game or a football game or a hockey game on the iPad. So you're not alone, my friend. You are not alone. I'm glad I'm in good company, my brother. <laughs> you are. You are indeed. And uh, I'll leave you guys with that. Uh, have a great week. Frank, glad to hear your back. Our prayers were answered. Uh, good to hear you hear your voice again, Roger. Good to be with you again, and you uh, let's get Don back next week and do this uh, the way we should. Okay, absolutely. Yes, Take care, Roy. God bless. Have Thanks a great week. Guys.
All right. Take Bye-bye. care. Hey, now we're going you know, Frank, to our, uh, I'm glad I'm in good company when watching TV on an iPad, okay, with yeah. Roy Cummings. Believe me, I feel better right now than I have. Yeah. There you go. Well, Roger, we got uh, some very big news out of, uh, I guess, Orlando would be the uh, headquarters for Disney. Uh, our, our local correspondent's right on it. Trevor, how you doing tonight? Doing very well. How about yourself? Doing great. Hey, Trevor, great. good to talk to you. We haven't talked to you in, in quite a while. I, you know, I heard you're very busy with your job. Yeah, work, and then um, I've been doing my podcast with my brothers and my friends for a while, so that's where my my spare time goes, you know. Well, give yeah. us an update about everything going on in Orlando and that news about uh, – the, uh, in uh, St. Petersburg, that they're going to build a new stadium. You know, we, we all thought that possibly Pat Williams was going to get uh, the team if they moved to, to or, uh, Orlando. And I think, as I recall, he has like 25,000, 23,000, uh, you know, commitments to uh, season tickets. So um, what do you think? I think baseball is going to expand. I don't know when. Uh, and uh, whether Orlando is considered, obviously, I don't know. Uh, you know, what about it? What's what exactly is going on in Orlando? I know it's it's a lot. Of, there's a lot of activity there, 24 hours a day. Um, I, I did hear about the Rays Stadium, but I was actually here to talk about the uh, the massive news out of the USFL and XFL. They plan to merge their operations, uh, Redbird Capital the big financial backer behind ESPN and Disney approached Fox and the USFL with merging, uh, I guess, opportunities. They wanted to kind of uh, get out from under the massive hole that they're in. They were offering all their jobs like assistant GMs um, and then, you know, their coaching staff jobs, they were making them seasonal positions. So they weren't able to pay people. Um, The Vegas team doesn't even have a venue or a home right now. They kind of left that. They lost $60 million in the first season. Um, mm. so they're kind of, you can tell that it's kind of game over. Um, so we're going to see a massive shift in spring slash summertime football and, um, I think it's huge news. And like I've been saying, even on this show, uh, I, I knew this would happen. And even some of my friends like Logan and, you know, my little brother, Caden, they were talking about this, you know, there probably will have to be a time for these two leagues to merge, but, um, I didn't expect it to be like this. I didn't think that, uh, and Disney would kind of be just kind of like wiping their hands clean of this thing. Um, but it gives a lot of growth for the USFL. I don't know what what's in store, but uh, a lot of more news will be coming out this week. But just a massive, uh, massive headline for, for football in general. It's great for the game. And, and so what's going to happen, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the XFL is basically out of business. And uh, the USFL is going to be in business, and uh, they're going to going to be uh, stronger uh, and and better uh, financed than even before. Is that right? Well, it's awesome to think about that. Excuse me, um, because they are going to be acquiring not only all the talents, the players, some of the coaching staff, people that decide to stay, but they're going to be able to grow this league into potentially a 12 league team. Uh, well, excuse me, a 12-team league, excuse me, um, and it's going to probably be an even longer season and probably an extra week of playoffs. 
Um, it's just going to be overall really awesome. But as far as the brand, when these two operations merge, I'm going to assume here today that it is going to be still remaining the USFL. Um, after all, Redbird Capital did approach Fox and, um, you know, the USFL to kind of merge. So I imagine the USFL's guys and their teams in place, uh, they have this day and they'll have to uh, probably either adapt, maybe some teams will relocate or change, but I don't see, you know, much of the historic USFL franchises as of late, like the Philadelphia Stars or the Birmingham Stallions. I don't see some of those clubs getting rebranded because they've done such a great job in two seasons, almost almost kind of predicting this move because they've been patenting and uh, verifying all their old logos and uniforms and team names. So I imagine we're going to see a, a big kind of change up not only for the league but um, for some of the locations of teams where the venues are and maybe overall you know maybe some of the uniforms will change and maybe some new team names but um, I think that they're going to adjust just fine uh, I it's, it's very strange I was, my initial reaction was this is a this is a very strange move um, at this time because it's a big jump financially for either side um, so it's going to take a lot of brain power for them to make sure to do this right because it could go horribly right or it could go horribly wrong, and uh, we'll have to wait and see. Well, if it if it goes if if it goes right, yeah, go ahead, Frank. Yeah, right, because we have a uh, we have a young player from that team uh, from that league that's uh, on the line with it. Hold on. Is that the young Vinny Papali? Oh, wow, Vinny Papali. That's awesome. I know we had had uh, plans to have him on, uh, Trevor, but, uh, you know, then, uh, of course, you know, uh, Don was out and uh, Frank was out, and um, and this is the first night back. But do you see feel or see where, like, the, the stars would move to Philadelphia? And play, uh, you know, at the Link uh, or Franklin Field or uh, or whatever. Okay, um, I could see where it could benefit the Eagles uh, to have a more summer activity there. Uh, what's your opinion I, about that? I completely agree. We saw that with the Michigan Panthers. They drew a pretty good, sizable crowd at Ford Field. Um, they were playing obviously in the off season of the Lions, but. It brought back a lot of memories to some of these communities that have had USFL teams, you know, back in the 80s. Um, and I, I really do believe that they would benefit from getting the big the big city market kind of teams like Philadelphia um, and New Orleans, get those teams in there, focus on them, and market them in their home, like, you know, kind of market in a sense. And you can see, I, and I imagine we'll see a massive audience rise in person because the hub system, financially it works for the league, but it wasn't the best vibe on field, I imagine, but um, it, it genuinely did progress through season two, especially, you know, speaking of Vinny Papali, I'm sure he could talk about a bunch of the crowd. Like There was a lot of people at Simone's Liberty Bank Stadium in Memphis, and they were showing love to the Memphis Showboats this past season. Um, but just overall, I think popularity will increase. Um, the main question is the, the money uh, with with getting some of these venues, I know it's very expensive. I, I can't even guess how much it would be to kind of like rent or lease a stadium. Um, but it's a lot of logistic work, and I know they've been working behind the scenes to maybe get some of the original eight of the USFL teams to their home, you know, markets. But 
we'll have to see, you know, especially with this merger, you know, we don't know if they're going to keep some USFL teams or get rid of some and kind of have to relocate guys. And it's going to be a big logistical movement in this, you know, in the next coming months before season three, because that's when they plan to merge operations before the 2024 season. Right. Uh, Frank is the guest with us. Yes, he is. Vince Tefali Jr. Hey, Vinny, we finally have get to have you on because we've been off due to a lot of health uh, issues with uh, Don and yeah. Frank. But I'll tell you what, I talked to your dad several times, and uh, Trevor is uh, with us, and he is a, a, a really an aficionado when it comes to the USFL, one of their biggest fans. But congratulations oh, on a great uh, season that you had in the USFL. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It was a, it was a fun one. Trevor, Vinny, uh, this is feel Trevor free here. to jump in. Big fan. Awesome to get to speak with you. Got you know, got to watch you on TV, and now I'm talking to you on the phone. Maybe one day I could have you on my podcast if you're ever you know down in the, the Bay Area. Um, but I have so yeah. many questions for you. But my biggest question is, what is it like playing with a, I guess you can call a massive quarterback in Cole Kelly? I was going to say a behemoth man, but you know, and yeah. massive. Like, what what is it like playing with a guy like that? I just wanted to ask you. No, Cole. Cole's definitely he's big, man. He's he's a big dude, and um, the crazy thing is he can move well too. I'm sure you watch the games. Uh, he got a lot of first downs on his feet, so uh, he made a lot of plays, and he can hang in there, take a hit, make a throw. Uh, it was just really cool just seeing him sort of basically come off the bench and progress and develop on that five and over on that we went on. Um, he was definitely a big part in that. And obviously yeah, and we can't miss him. <laughs> big, another big question for me, like you, you obviously were a part of a team that was rebranded. Um, yeah. What was it like kind of transitioning into, in, into the new, obviously home field and getting in touch with the Memphis community? Was that something that you didn't see in season one as much, obviously with the hub system, but did you feel, like, more in touch with the community, like, in Memphis? Yeah, I mean, definitely the first season was uh, – I don't know how else to describe it other than just saying it was weird playing for Tampa Bay and being in Birmingham the entire time. If you weren't playing Birmingham, it really felt like a high school game, even less than that. Sometimes there are less fans in a high school game in the stands. <laughs> so it was definitely interesting, and we didn't really have – uh, a fan base from Tampa. I don't think most people from Tampa even knew they had a USFL team. So when I found out we were going to Memphis, it was pretty refreshing to know that we were going to have some fans and play for a city because, I mean, me personally, and I know a lot of other guys, that's why a lot of guys play. Like you want to play for something bigger than yourself. And um, I know we're going on this different path trying to make it uh, ultimately to the NFL, but you also want to play meaningful football and playing in front of fans is, meaningful football and playing in front of a city is makes it that much better. And um, it sort of wipes away that whole NFL thing. Like, cause it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, you're playing football and um, yeah, it was cool. And the city of Memphis really, really welcomed us and they were great throughout the whole season. I think we personally, we had the best fan base, but obviously I'm biased. <laughs> hey, That's well, understandable. Um, you know, down here in Florida on TV, it definitely looked like they were they were showing up for Memphis. And my next question, and this is, you know, I don't want to get 
too into the nitty-gritty or anything, but which cornerback in this league talks the most trash to you? If if there was any real big talk, hmm. I just really want to know. Jeez, uh, I don't know. Uh, that'd be a, that's a tough question. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't maybe, know. Maybe maybe nobody did because, <laughs> yeah, because they, no they had, uh, what are they going to say to you? You're doing such a fantastic yeah. job. Yeah, no. Uh, they didn't talk too much crap to me, but some of them got the best of me a few times. They got some good licks on me, that's for <laughs> sure. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember anything specific or a guy that stood out for talking too much trash. So, And I usually stick to myself as far as that respect. I just sort of let my play do the talking. That's smart. That's smart. You know, Trevor yeah. and, and uh, Vinny I, and, and Frank, uh, when you were talking about the uh, size of uh, the quarterback, uh, I got to tell you, you look at some of these young quarterbacks in the NFL and their size, uh, but I don't know. I know, Vinny, you're a big Eagles fan, and I don't know whether you saw a post-game on that uh, Thursday night game with uh, Smart walking next to Jordan Davis. <laughs> I mean, to tell you, uh, yeah. Jordan Davis is is huge. I mean, I watched yeah, him in Georgia. Oh, he is a big dude. And it was so funny. It looked, it was definitely Mutt and Jeff that, Frank, you and I yeah. relate to. But the younger fellows yeah. probably have no idea who Mutt and Jeff are. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, guys, we're joined by another. <laughs> and that's uh, Big Mike Schultz from the Outback Bowl. Mike, how you doing? Mike, how are you? Well, we'll, we'll get Mike. Vinny I, and uh, Trevor, jump in anytime. Vinny, one of the things I did want to ask you uh, was that uh, when we had your dad on, uh, there was uh, some uh, indication that maybe some of the NFL teams had expressed an interest in you. Um, was that the case? And if it was, um, give us a little bit of the lowdown on exactly uh, what the process was and uh, what evolved with you. Um, I ultimately ended up having a workout with the Cleveland Browns uh, in August, sort of a week in a training camp. Ideally, obviously, you want to be signed before then, um, mm-hmm. before they report to training camp, but wasn't the case for me. I had a workout with the Browns. I thought it went really well. They thought it went really well. They just didn't pull the trigger at the time, and uh, that was really the only workout I got and opportunity I got. So, I mean, it is what it is, but, um, yeah, I mean, you never know. There's there's teams calling guys in for workouts every week here now. So, I mean, I'm in shape, uh, but if that doesn't happen, I'm in shape for the next season to come around, whether it be the USFL, XFL, USXFL, whatever it is. So. Well, let me say this, and, and that's very smart. Um, there was a um, young man, I did his, uh, and he went to the high school where my kids went, Nottingham in, in Hamilton, uh, New Jersey, and uh, he uh, played at Rutgers. And he did play in the NFL, you know, uh, for a couple of teams, and he got called uh, up, I think it was by uh, Carolina. I'm, I'm sure it was. And uh, and I asked him. I said, "Where were you when you got called uh, to uh, uh, come in?" He said, "I was in a movie theater in the theater watching a movie." 
And uh, yeah. he told me the, the whole story. And uh, so that's why you never know. And um, I, I meant to bring up with uh, um, Roy earlier about uh, the Nick Chubb uh, sad uh, situation that occurred the other night. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I was living in Georgia. It was very sad. That's it. I, he's a class act young man. Uh, I remember when uh, he he came in to take over because of an injury at Georgia, and uh, I followed his career and to see uh, you know a fine young man and a great player uh, to get take a a hit like that that unfortunately uh, causes a serious injury. We we uh, all we can do is send out our uh, best wishes and prayers. But uh, yeah. the um, the best thing is like what you were saying, and your dad knows. I'm sure he's told you a million times. Stay in shape because you know the NFL next man uh, up. That's the uh, motto. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is a lot of guys sort of tend to take their foot off the the gas pedal, I guess, in this period. If you haven't got a call yet, and then next thing you know, yeah, you could be just sitting there, and your phone rings, and they want to bring you in. You got to be ready. So yep. I've just always been sort of the kind of guy that never know when that phone's going to ring, and I never want to not be ready. So uh, I stayed really since my season ended in the USFL. I've been didn't really take much time off, maybe a week, and then I was right back in the gym. So I don't feel like I lost much. Do you see any future in in the USFL this next season? Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, I. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said before, everyone's goal in that league is yeah, to get back to the NFL. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think it's great what they're doing. They're giving guys opportunities, and I think maybe them having one league and one entity in the spring would make it that much better, just for exposure and having that fan base that we talked about. Um, it would make make it more lucrative for guys to maybe want to stay for an entire career. So I'm curious to see how it will play out, but I'm excited about the opportunity moving forward, whatever that may be or however it may look. But, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. That's hey, great. Anyway, we appreciate again. your time and trouble for being on with us tonight. Uh, Trevor, you have a last question? Trevor, you got a question for Vinny? He said no. Oh, okay. We we got to move on here to to Caden with Vinny. Uh, I'll be in touch with you again. We'd like to do this over when John's here, in about a month or so. And uh, um, I hope everything goes well. Say hello to your dad. He's always been one of my favorites. Absolutely, mine too. And and I'll tell you, they're they're still showing the movie. It's uh, I I I will tell you this. Yeah, and uh, I I am involved as a uh, an educational assistant at, in a middle school, and I was telling some of the uh, I, the players, the middle school football players, I said, go check it out. It's a, a great movie. So you know they're football yeah. fanatics. So yeah. uh, they're, they they yeah. watch well, they're watching it. Well, listen, Vinny, you take care. Uh, best wishes. We'll be. Uh, interested in following you and like frank said we'll be in touch and look forward to talking to you regularly throughout uh the uh, football season all right thanks guys i really appreciate it and thanks for the support as always 
Take care. Appreciate you. Yeah, hey, thanks, um, guys. Bye. Uh, Kane, what's the uh, yes, sir? What's the news on what's the news on the uh, uh, soccer front? Soccer front. We just had some Champions League games roll in. My team, uh, my team was selected in what some may call the group of death. It's usually a nickname to the group stage, and it's whatever group has just the hardest teams in it. And it basically means that no matter what, two good teams are not making it on, are not moving on. And that really mm-hmm. does suck. But uh, mm-hmm. sadly, my team is in it. Uh, Brandon's team is in it, which is he's a part of the the uh, the um, the T Times Network uh, family. And it's it's kind of like a whole a whole mumbo jumbo in the soccer world right now because you got early Premier League going on. Uh, Champions League draws just went on, and all these different you know teams are making their marks. These these different uh, players are are emerging. Like Jude Bellingham for Real Madrid has five goals in five games, and um, and I got a guy named Takafuso Kubo who's taking the La Liga by storm. He has I believe two goals and four assists in in five games, and now. Uh, Real Madrid just went on to uh, squeak by in, in the in, in the Champions League group stage, which was it was kind of a a little bit of a an iffy spot for them, and another another iffy spot. Well, I wouldn't say iffy spot. They they did play really well. Is FC Barcelona? They're not in the easiest group either. I'd say they have some 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 re- some really nice testers in that group to see if they can move on. They should move on. They have the expectations to move on. They have the history to move on. But there is one thing really cool about Barcelona. I want to take a little bit of a, a little second out of uh, out of the section to uh, to talk about it. Is the guy named Lamine Yamal who plays for Barcelona right now. He's the youngest uh, youngest Champions League Barcelona debutant ever. He's the youngest La Liga goal scorer ever. He's 16 years old. And today he just became the second youngest UCL uh, UCL debutant in Champions League history, which is absolutely. If you're watching that game, you witness history and some special stuff going on with that club. But I wanted to take a little second to talk about AC Milan, my club. We went out there in in a game that still a lot of people were doubting us because leading up to this game, we had just lost five nil to our biggest rivals. And it hurt. It really, it really did. We haven't beaten our biggest rivals in a long time. Five games in, in a row, we haven't beaten Inter Milan, and it's it's not looking too good for us right now. We're not on the, I would say, up and up in the league. Even though going up to that job. game, I thought we were going to go in there and smack them. I thought we were going to turn the tides, you know, change the narrative, if if you if you will. And it was the complete opposite. So going into this Champions League game. Morale was down going up against the team that we had just sold one of our best wonder kids to, Sandro Tonali. And he came out there. He, he did pretty well. You know, sadly, Milan, they, 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 did, they did well. On the attacking side of the ball, defensive was iffy here and there. Our, our back four was on lock. Man of the match was probably for Kyle Tomori. He kept Alexander Izak in his pocket the entire game which if you know who any of those players are, 
you know that Alexander Isak is one of the best forwards in soccer right now, and he's so elusive, strong, and tall that it makes it makes anyone who's defending him an absolute mismatch. And for Kyle Tomori had him in his pocket the entire game. Didn't let him get any shots on target. Didn't get a, didn't let him get a shot at all. And absolute lock up by him in his first game back since his red card. But the, the attacking side of the ball lacked composure. It lacked goal-scoring prowess. We were lacking decision-makers in front of the net. Leal was dancing around like he always does. He had this one absolutely beautiful run down, down the sideline. And then into the box, he you know, did a little step back, duped out two defenders. And, you know, he saw the glory right there. He tried to get a little bit fancy with it, a little bit too fancy. He slipped on his own. He slipped on the ball, trying to do a backfield into the, into the back left corner. And watching that was absolutely heartbreaking because he was right in front of the net, 1v1 opportunity to break the, you know, break the ice. And we would have won if, if he didn't go for the flare. And uh, he saw the glory, went for the flare, tried to be cool for the cameras. Didn't work out so well for us. And then uh, was that game? Yeah, was that game yesterday? Uh, that game was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I now I, I got a question for you about the, uh, the coverage on CBS Sports Network. I was in yeah. a uh, a restaurant having uh, two bowls of soup because they had two that I loved. And you're, you're uh, you know, uh, Frank, you're familiar with it on uh, Baltimore Pike in the middle of media, okay? And uh, I got to tell you, I cannot figure out, and maybe one of you can square me away, I cannot figure out why they have four uh, people at the anchor desk on the CBS Sports Network and then interviewing the guy or a, 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 a reporter that's on site overseas, I, I just don't yeah. – I think it, it, it's a waste of time, a waste of money, and a waste of people because you do not have a good flow where you're going to stay yeah. with, like, two anchors and, and get to the interview and everything. you got to have this woman who I have no idea who she is. she got a lot of curly yeah. hair. And it it, it, it was absolutely ridiculous. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I believe she was one of the the rules specialists. Like, you'll watch some of the um, the NFL or USFL. No, that's another another woman that's the NFL rules specialist. This was strictly on soccer. This is soccer. Yeah, no, this is soccer. Okay, you're talking about the woman with the the, uh, uh, curly hair. Okay. Yeah, it's it's the same it's the same it's the same principle as when they call in a rule specialist for NFL. She was mm-hmm. just she didn't she didn't have the the, the radio uh, in her, I guess. She she wasn't really speaking that well, and she did kind of ruin the flow. I'll, I'll I'll give you that, but it is the same as just calling in like a, a rule specialist to check up on to you know give the people uh, a more in depth. Uh, breakdown of what was happening in the game because there was some uh, questionable calls here and there towards the game, and especially in the attacking part of the attacking part of the play, and uh, some goals and some attacking chances that probably could have been created weren't created or were or let on too long because of a penalty that wasn't called or was called too late or called too early. So they were just calling in on the the rule specialist to give a little bit more of an in depth explanation on what was going on in the pitch. 
Okay, but uh, I'm glad that you see the way I looked at it, that it was just uh, too yeah. much with four people at that anchor desk. I mean, yeah. you, you don't need that. And then when you look at ESPN, uh, the way what they've cut back on Monday Night Football, it's basically Scott Van Pelt, maybe another guy. I know one, one time they go out and they have some for a short period of time, but it's not like a, a two-hour or three-hour show like they used to have either, you know, going yeah. into Monday night football because they've cut, uh, let go of so many people. But I looked at that and I said, my gosh, if, if you, unless you're a real strong soccer fan, you got lost in the shuffle on that, yeah. that coverage. And, uh, but, I, I will agree with you on that because I do believe the people on that show are Kate Adbo, Thierry Henry, Jamie Carragher, and Mikey, M- Micah Richards. And they do mm-hmm. put on a good post-show. I'll, I'll say that. They're very entertaining when it comes to post-show. And especially, like, um, uh, halftime as well. They, they make it really interesting and they make it, you know, funny as well. And it, it, it does make sense to, you know, do you get lost in, in what they're saying if you're not really familiar with the sport because – they use a lot of soccer terminology when they talk about stuff that you know, only they really know about. Even when I even when I watch them, I'm like, you know, what do they just say? Like, am I missing something? Um, but I, I do like their their posting. Well, I'm glad. Uh, you know, I'm glad. I uh, I mean, my kids played soccer. My granddaughter plays soccer, uh, and uh, you know, I broadcast soccer. But I'll tell you, I, I'm not an expert. I'm not like you. I'm not like not Mike Simzak. Uh, I look at the scores. I will be, uh, you know, I used to watch the United a lot in Atlanta. And uh, the Union used to be on on, on uh, Channel 17. Uh, mm-hmm. But now it's pretty much uh, uh, limited on over-the-air TV uh, for the MLS. And, uh, but yep. I, that's what I saw it. yesterday. And, and, and again, it's that, that's another thing that's that's really frustrating when it comes to watching these different leagues. Is you need like five different subscriptions to all these different things if you actually want to watch the games you want to watch. Like if you want to watch Premier League, you either have to have Peacock or Hulu. If you want to watch yeah. MLS, you have to have uh, Apple TV. If you want to watch uh, Serie A or or Champions League, you gotta have Paramount Plus. If you want to watch Europa League, you gotta you gotta have uh, Paramount Plus. If you want to watch La Liga, you gotta have Hulu. You gotta have Premier League TV. You gotta have all this different stuff just to watch all the games that you want to watch, just because they want to you know milk you for all your money. And that that's, yeah. that's the big like no no that I hate about soccer is that I have to you know go and watch all, all these different platforms to watch the games I want to watch. Well, you're, Frank, you and I lived through 3, 6, 10, and 12. And, uh, and 12 one time, I remember it was a commercial, used to do the Phillies games during the week, WDEL-TV, when we were young. And then, of course, it became a PBS. Bill Piper, I remember, was, uh, was doing the pregame shows on the old WDEL. But, uh, but anyway... Yeah, yeah, Bill Piper, you know, but the um, so what's your um, your feeling about the, how the every the the, uh, the teams are doing the MLS and uh, and what do you think the playoffs 
I, I looked at the standings the other day, and uh, the Union looked pretty good. And they had that one game, I think it was, what, last week, when I think they have five goals, as I recall. I've been so busy yes. with school, I'll tell you, I haven't had time to mm-hmm. uh, pay much yeah. attention to watching TV. But go ahead. Me, me too. And I don't really watch the MLS that much just because I, I like to – like if I watch soccer – if it's not watching, like, my local team, like the Tampa Bay Rowdies, it's got to be mm-hmm. high-level soccer or else I really don't enjoy it. And mm-hmm. there are some really good parts of the MLS, but then I'll watch a game, and I'm just like, like, what is going on? Like, what what am I watching? Like, I shouldn't even be watching this. And I, it's, it's always an exception when Messi plays because Messi is Messi. He always brings that, that, that certain bit of class, and it helps out that they have Sergio Busquets, one of the best CDMs in history and Jordi Alba, one of the best left backs in, in Barcelona history. And it helps that they have those players in the league so you have a team that you can really watch and enjoy week after week. That is, if Messi actually plays, which uh, I don't know if you all heard about what happened uh, the other night when they played Atlanta United. Did you hear about that? No, go ahead. So Messi, and this is pretty crazy, in Messi's entire life, he has never, ever, singular, he's never, ever played on turf, ever. He's never played a singular minute on turf in his entire life. And Atlanta United, their their pitch is made out of turf. So he didn't want to play, and he didn't play. He stayed home. He stayed in Miami instead of going to the game and playing. Well, the, I'll tell you what. Uh, there's, there's pro and con about the turf. And, I, I mean, mm-hmm. after uh, – uh, a couple of injuries uh, in the NFL. Yeah, Kenny Galladay, yeah, you know. uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so yeah many Aaron Rodgers especially. You're right. Uh, about uh, But then if they, they look at the statistics, uh, and you're not going to have the owners uh, that are going to go for that because look at how long it would take to convert when you have a concert of 70,000 people where all of that money goes right into the owner's pocket, okay? Mm-hmm. Or in Giants or at the MetLife Stadium, it goes into the authority's pocket, okay? Yeah. Because they own the stadium. It's not like at the link it's owned by the Eagles or, uh, you know, yeah. up in uh, Foxborough it's owned by the Kraft family. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that's going to ever happen. Um, I remember that the Kraft family, that was a natural turf up in Foxborough, and then they went to the uh, artificial turf. So, mm-hmm. but, we, but we also, I was there uh, when um, the um, Baltimore Ravens uh, refused to uh, go on the field and play the Eagles years ago at Veterans Stadium because, in a preseason game because of the turf. So, uh uh, yeah, you know he must have. They um, must be very skeptical of what could happen to oh, yeah. him, and he's, probably he, at he's his age. He's thirty. I mean, thirty-five years old. He realized that yeah. his are worth billions of dollars, and he wants to keep his most valuable asset safe. And I, I can't blame him for it. And you know, especially going towards that, you know, the whole they make money off of uh, using the, the stadium for other things. And that is yep. that's completely right, and it's all about the money, the reason they don't change it. But I have one amazing uh, uh, solution that Real Madrid came up with in the Santiago Bernabeu and their stadium is 
they have a grass removal system where these massive each like each piece of grass is a massive section and they take it out and it robotically removes the pitch, uh, removes the grass and everything and stores it under the field so it's just a big concrete level. And they hold uh, festivals and, and concerts on that. Uh, and all within pres- uh, preserving the preserving the grass doesn't get messed up. They use real grass, and the only setback is, like the only setback is to using real real grass is it's extremely expensive, and nobody wants to pay that money unless they have the money. And soccer money is just different, and that's when we need to you know revolutionize the sport over here because they were talking about there's a World Cup in 2026 is in America. The World Cup's coming to America. The very next World Cup is coming to America. And right, yeah. they're going to they're trying to convert all turf to grass in America by 2026. Or all the 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 stadiums that are planned to be played in in uh for the World Cup in America, they're all being changed to grass. Well, that's going to be interesting. I'm glad you brought up that cost because we have a guy on the line that would know exactly what that probably going to be, Mr. Mike Schultze. Mike, how are you doing? Great to be with you guys again. Great to be back in football season. Hey, yeah. hey, Mike, we're talking, you know, about uh, removing uh, turf and uh, to going to grass. And, uh, of course, you know, down there in, in uh, Tampa, that's they have grass. And uh, one of the, uh, the other, uh, an alternative is what they have in uh, Glendale. Arizona, where you have the turf, a natural turf, and it's on a, um, a like a, a, bed, a flatbed that comes in and out. And I I have been in that stadium when they were uh, getting ready for a Stones concert a number of years ago. And that is when you can have a concert because you don't have to uh, have the grass in there. You have a concrete uh, floor, the base. And then you can do everything that way. But it's not every location where you could have that plane of uh, natural grass where you can slide it in and out. I, I think, is Las Vegas that way, too? I'm not sure. I thought one of the stadiums like that, if any place, would be Las I believe, Vegas. I think they are. It is Las Vegas. I, I thought it might be because that's the, probably the newest stadium. But, um, Mike, uh, it's been a long time. Uh, this is their first night back in three months. Uh, unfortunately, Don is now back in the hospital. You know, Frank was in, as you know, for quite a while. But let us know. We're in football season. Uh, the college season is really ginning up now because the conferences are going to be playing uh, interconference games now. And uh, how does everything look to you early in the season? And talk, tell us all about uh, plans for uh, the bowl coming up on New Year's Day. Well, first of all, yeah, great to be back. Sorry to hear about uh, Don going in. It sounds like a revolving door there between you guys. So, so uh, <laughs> we need to stop stop that tradition real quick. Um, yeah, great to be back in college football season. Uh, we got three weeks under under our belts here, uh, which is pretty exciting for a couple teams and um uh yeah it's it's uh, you know it started out uh, well i i would gather to say that you know uh, it's been a pretty interesting season so far 
Um, you, you know, definitely some surprises already, uh, not only in some cases, you know, who's winning and who's not, but, um, but just even in just in the, the you know, the, uh, the play of some of the teams that maybe are, are still winning, but maybe not doing it the way they, you know, we all thought they would and vice versa. So obviously the biggest story, um, you know, nationally is Colorado and, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's relevant, they're relevant again, uh, you know, uh, you know, Coach Prime has made them relevant. You know, a lot of people, which, which I think it's a really neat aspect of this whole story, this is a sidebar, so many younger people, um, I'm not talking about just college age, but, but you know, just younger adults even, don't remember uh, Deion Sanders and what an amazing athlete he he was at the time. I mean, and so, uh, you know, they're now getting a chance to actually know about him and his story, which, you know, which makes the entire story even that much more intriguing in my mind because, because you know, if you don't really know who he is, and you just think, oh, there's this guy, Flash the Pan, coming along, and, you know, he's calling himself Prime and all this stuff. You don't know the history <laughs> behind it, you know. But once you learn that, you're like, oh, okay, okay, this is pretty cool. And for him to uh, – and for one of the best, greatest athletes that America has ever seen at the collegiate level and, and professional level, really, um, to now be able to be out there in the coaching capacity, um, not only doing a great job, but – you know, just the, the bringing that whole charisma with him um, and showcasing a, a, a couple of his sons, you know, yeah. I mean, talk about the, talk about the, uh, you know, the apple not falling from the tree. Holy cow. <laughs> he, you know, his, his, uh, you know, um, um, you know, is the quarter, you know, his son is the quarterback, you know, I mean, what an athlete he is. Right. So, I mean, yeah. he definitely got, an awful lot of the gene pool that uh, that Dion had. So that that's been a really neat story. Uh, I mean, there's been so many other uh, surprises. You know, yes, you know, up and down. I mean, Florida State is, is back. Um, you know, uh, you know the, where they used to be for so many years. Um, yeah. You know, and and meanwhile, you got you know teams like Clemson and Alabama, who seem like they're in the national championship every single year. And, you know, they're struggling a bit, you know. And right. so, you know, there, there's so many neat storylines already this season, uh, you know, that, that are unexpected that, uh, you know, and, and like you said, and we're just now getting into conference play, you know, right. where, where it really counts. So this has just been the first few weeks when, when teams are playing non-conference games. I mean, imagine what's going to, you know, trying to handicap the, the games going forward um, you know, I was looking at the games this weekend, you know, for this weekend even, and there's an awful lot of games that I, I don't know who to pick, you know, to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's going to be some great matchups. I mean, you got Ohio State, Notre Dame. I don't know who's going to win that one. I mean, even, you know, you got you got LSU, Arkansas. You, you got Mississippi State, South Carolina, Florida State, Clemson. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know who to pick in any of these games. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, but it's a lot of fun uh, because of that, I think. And it's great for college football, and you're exactly right about uh, Brian, uh, because he played the Falcons game in the afternoon years ago, 
and played for the Braves at night. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that was just unbelievable. And what the kids think of now, I tell you, I'm in, involved in uh, middle school and I'm there every day. And I got to tell you, Mike, they're talking about them. The kids that are involved in football yeah. and uh, they know them for the Aflac commercial with Saban. They know him about NFL Network. They had no idea about his, uh, his family, his uh, career. You're exactly right. But they are now learning about him and about his kids and about college football. I mean, Colorado football. And so yeah. and, uh, I give him a lot of credit. I thought that one press conference when he really was, was burying this poor woman, and she said, well, uh, I never asked you that question. You know, I felt so bad for her. But he was just making a statement, you know, about that when he said, yeah. you know, I, I played in college, a, pri- a, primer, a, a prime college program. I was in the NFL, what, 15 years, whatever. So, uh, you know, but he's doing a great job, and I think it's great for college football overall. Yeah, and, and you know, he and, and I, I tell you, I mean, he, he's very unconventional, but you know, in a very positive way, I think, you know, he, he has, he has, um, he's got, he's always got great messages. I mean, if you listen to, you know, him, he's always very positive. Um, you know, even with the, the kid the other night, you know, the the Colorado state game and people were, I mean, people are like giving, you know, death threats to that kid who knocked, you know, the hunter kid out of the game and that kind of stuff. You know, you know, he came out there today. He said, "Look, he said this is ridiculous. He said it's football. He said this, you mm-hmm. know, that, you know, uh, you know, I've forgiven that kid. Hunter's forgiven that kid. You know, you know, let's move on. You know, that, that's, you know, that kind of stuff. So, that, you know, that's the other part. I mean, he says, you know, he says all the right things, and 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 it comes from the heart. You can see that, and it's just his passion and his, you know, infectious." Um, uh, passion and, and charisma, basically that that is really, um, you know, what what makes it exciting. I, they're not going to win every game, you know. Uh, you know, if you, I went back and watched the replay of the fourth quarter the other day of that game, Colorado State just, you know, shot themselves in the foot about three or four different ways, you know, in the last two minutes of the game in an overtime. But you know, but it's still it's a great story and. For him to do what he did with literally a brand new team, he had 86 players, new players come into that program, and and w- without a with you know came out of the box and beat one of the teams that was in the national championship last year. You know, granted they got smoked in the national championship, but they were still considered a really they were in really it. quality team last year. Yeah. And for him to come out and the first time these guys have ever suited up and played an actual game together the entire team you know i mean that's just, that says a lot right there so so yeah it, that that's been really exciting and 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 it's been a sort of a shot in the arm for the for the game for sure and certainly for colorado fans who have just been i don't think they've had a decent year since they moved to the pac-12 yeah i, I think uh to just uh, the point that you were making about uh, the number of players and changes I think I uh, read or heard, I think there's, what, 56 true freshmen on that team, on his team. I or haven't seen that number roster. at all, but I but I, did, I, did, I just I saw that initially he had 86 player, new players on that team. 
And, uh, and you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people were criticizing him before the season about running off players and all that. I mean, that that's ridiculous. I mean, number one, the team, the team won one game last year. So, you know what, they probably got a lot of team players on that team that, you know, aren't pulling their weight or, or probably don't need to be on that team. Right. So you're going to make changes. Any coach would. And, and, you know, the other part too is, and this happens so often in situations where a new coach comes in, not to a program where a coach left because he got a better job, but in programs where a coach got fired because they're not doing well. Right. Then, mm-hmm. you know, when, when the new guy comes in, more times than not, I would say for sure that they that the new coach comes in and he has to get a hold of that team and uh, fix the problems, right? And very, you know, typically there's a lot of players on that team, whatever sport, that maybe don't like the new guy coming in and with the new rules, and you know, maybe he's a, you know, you know, harder on him or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. And they don't want to do it that way. And so, you know, they choose to leave. And the thing today with the portal system is unlike years past, you know, before the portal, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it was tough. You know, you come in and it's like you want, you know, the kids, you know, not, now he's not going to play. You know, he wants, you know, he doesn't like the coach, you know, whatever. But, you know, what's he going to do, right? Because he's stuck there. Now with the portal, kids can leave. You know, and go yeah, somewhere else right. to play. They 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 don't yeah. want to. They don't like the way he's coaching. They don't like the way that he's treating them, or you know, the new rules that he's bringing to the table. Then then you go in the portal and you go go find someplace else. You know, so so it's much easier for these kids to go find another place. And I remember him in an interview. He said he goes, look, he goes, I only I only called it. I only talked to twenty kids about you know about maybe finding another place to play. He says all the rest of them just quit. You know, and I'm, and I'm gathering it was probably because they just, they didn't want to buy into what he was doing. And so they just, you know, they said, Hey, I'm going to the portal. I'll go somewhere else. So, so anyway, the long story short is that, you know, I, I think what he did was terrific and, and, uh, and, and it also, you know, going back to that as well as some of these other, other teams winning and losing, you know, we've talked about this the last couple of years, that portal, as well as the NIL aspect of it, um, has really changed the dynamic of teams and um, and and understanding how teams you know are are going to improve or 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 maybe in some cases not improve from year to year uh, because you know of all these kids moving you know different teams and uh, I think you're seeing even like with Alabama maybe you're you're seeing a situation where maybe you know maybe they're not getting some of the players they you know to, to you know, to backload, backfill, you know, some of the positions they're losing, losing for kids going to the NFL. And, you know, and, you know, maybe they're, you know, because of the portal, you know, they're, they got guys that are, we're sitting on the bench that aren't sitting on the bench anymore because they went somewhere else to play. And, you know, and, and then you also have situations, you know, like Colorado where you got, you know, they can bring in transfers from around the country and, and suddenly go from a one eleven team to a team that's competitive. So, so that that portal situation is is you know is really changing the the faces from year to year of 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 a lot of teams you know both good teams and bad teams sometimes and uh, you know sometimes for the better sometimes for the worse well you're exactly right uh, you know and uh you and I and Frank and and Don love uh, football and 
Uh, there's a uh, interesting book out by Gary Myers, a uh, well-known uh, writer in New York, uh, and it talks uh, all about back in the 80s when Bill Parcells was the uh, defensive coordinator for Ray Perkins when he was the Giants' head coach. And when Perkins was let go, uh, uh, Parcells had a real adjustment because, you know, when you're a defensive coordinator, you're with the guys and you're you're uh, – your your side of the ball, and all of a sudden now you're the CEO, and you know, and he had to get rid of players on the Giants that he really liked because uh, he had a look now as the overall makeup of the team. I'm anxious to read that book, but let's we yeah. want to talk about. Uh, I mean, you know, we have months to go, uh, but uh, what's the process going on uh, right now? Uh, in, you know, from your perspective, uh, for uh, planning for a, another great bowl game. Well, we're we're in the mode. Obviously, you know, we've got just a few months to go here for the game, and we've got you know events uh, going on. In fact, we have a VIP event tomorrow night with some of our sponsors and members and so forth. And and uh, you know, we're we're planning all the events leading up to the game, as you know. You know, we have a, a lot of different events and activities throughout bowl week, and even before that. Um, so we're getting all those uh, those uh, uh, logistics planned out. Uh, obviously, we're looking at you know potential you know who who might be available as far as potential teams down the road. And again, it's really hard to predict. Uh, you know, much harder than in the past to try and predict. You know, what teams are going to be real potential teams available to us at the end of the season, but. There's, there's certainly a lot of a lot of good options out there uh, that we think are going to be there at the end of the day, at the end of the season, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, another great matchup on New Year's Day. So uh, just, uh, just enjoying the season uh, and uh, just sort of enjoying. We, we try and enjoy the journey along the way here over the next few months. Are you getting out to see any uh, college games on site, Mike? Uh, not yet. We we won't send people out until we get to November. Uh, we we mm-hmm. tend to not try and uh, don't, we don't want to be a burden to schools uh, to be you know to host our our people this early in the year when they're they're trying to figure out what what kind of team they have and that kind of thing. So so we'll send some people out a little bit later. Um, uh, you know I I'll go out to a few games just personally just for fun, but. But uh, you know, we we will wait a little bit until we, you know, get a few a few more games under our belts to sort of see, you know, who who might you know uh, end up in that in that window of teams that we can choose from. But you know, certainly with uh, you know, I, frankly, I you know, I enjoy watching the games on TV because you know I got that remote um, taped in my hand and I can I can, I can my my wife gets confused every time she looks up the TV. We're watching a different game, you know. So she <laughs> she's like, "Wait, what, what game is this?" <laughs> but it's like I know. But I love I love the fact that uh, over the course from noon to midnight on Saturdays, um, you know, uh, you you can you know watch, watch pieces of about you know I don't know thirty different <laughs> games or something like that. It's ridiculous, but it's a, it's a lot of fun being able to keep up with uh, the different teams and how they're playing and how they're looking. And, and like you said, it, you know, this year, it's, so far, man, it's, it's, it's 
been really interesting because, you know, as I mentioned, there's, I mean, you know, you got Alabama last week just struggling to get past, you know, the South Florida team that won, that won one game last year, two games last year. Um, and, you know, cause they're, they're still trying to, you know, they're still trying to figure out who they are, you know, after losing so many players last year and the year before to the NFL and the portal. And uh, so they're, you know, still trying to find them. They're footing a little bit you know, uh, which it's been a while since they've done that. But, and like I said, there's other, you know, Duke comes out and plays a terrific game to start the year against, you know, Clemson. You get, you know, uh, Florida State, you know, uh, just, you know, taking control in the second half of the LSU game to open the year. Uh, nobody saw that coming. So, again, it's, it's uh, you know, it's hard to project, you know, how these teams are going to be or and how they're going to do down the road. But, you know, we're we're starting to get in, like you said, to to some really good important games. Meaning that you know the conference games where everybody starts beating up on each other, right? In the conferences, and you know the the cream rises to the top. And we, you know, just right now, we just don't know who the cream is and who, you know, who the rest are. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, you know, I moved up to Pennsylvania back in in uh, June. And but I still track on uh, the GPB uh, app in in Atlanta to see what high school teams are going to be on Friday night, so I can decide yeah. Yeah. How, which one I'm going to watch on my iPad. And uh, yeah. and then I I went to uh, the high school game uh, where I'm where I'm working uh, a week ago uh, Friday, and that was great. And I'm going to go see the uh, middle school play. Uh, this week, because uh, I have these uh, players in class, and they you know, keep me up to date about everything, and uh, so uh, I'm 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 really in heaven, because I'll tell you I love to be around the younger uh, uh, kids, you know, uh, yeah. With, yeah, especially when you go out and you see a high school game or a middle school game, and it's all for fun, Mike. It's all for fun, and they and dedication and. Of course, it's nothing like it is in the South, you know, up here for high school. I mean, you'll you'll find some high schools that uh, are strong. But I think you're right. I mean, Alabama's taken a tremendous hit, and it's amazing how you can be uh, brought back into uh, uh, middle of the pack uh, after being on the top of the mountain. Well, you know, you know people people have said for a very long time, right, it's like it's it's a fine line, right, and especially in, like, conferences like the SEC and all that. I don't I don't think people appreciate how close the talent is from team to team and how you know a little bit here or there can make a big difference, but like I said, I think the portal has really started to even some things out there in that regard and and like I said, it can change the face of a program. It can make a program get get better a lot quicker than normal and we've and we've talked about that the last couple of years. But then in some cases, you know, it can hurt a program maybe, you know, because they suddenly they lose a couple of key players. And, you know, the the thing about the, the Alabamas and Clemson's, and they, they all go through this. Florida State went through it. I mean, that, you know, that, you know, you can be on top for a while and you got the guys behind the guy and he comes in and he just steps right in and here we go, another Heisman candidate, another Heisman candidate. But, you know, you know somewhere along the way, when you're, when you're sending 10, 12, you know, guys, to the NFL every year. Okay. Just that alone, eventually over the courses of years after years, 
you know, it's going to come back on you, you know, and, and you're going to drop a little bit, you know, you're going to, you're going to lose a step, so to speak. And, and so if you're not able to replace those guys, and like you said, now between the, you know, the NIL situation where you got programs that are able to, you know, kids are able to make money going to different programs. Now they're looking at not only do they want to come to your program, do they want to do this or that, and, and are you going to have a competitive team, but they're also looking at the money now too. So yeah. now you yeah. can, and and with the portal you can have a player and and he can say oh well I can go over here in this program and not only maybe win more but I can get more money so so you know now it's like you know it, it, you know you like said these I feel bad for the coaches but it's the reality it's like not only are they having to recruit their own players to stay in their program every year along with you know new kids coming yeah. you know high school kids coming in. Uh, but they're they're trying to go out and find other players from other programs, you know, colleges to come in, and they have to, you know, hope that their school, you know, uh, the, the 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 whether the boosters or the or the sponsors or whatever, uh, put can put together some good NIL packages for the kids, you know, because they're because they're they're looking for the money too. So it's 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 crazy right now in regards to trying to trying to trying to put together a team each year and and it's and literally every year you can you know basically end up with having a different team to coach each year because of all these different factors that are that are uh, at play here well yeah and, hey, guys, and, and george hey, right uh, frank yeah we uh we're up against our time limit here um we have to wait i didn't well, wait didn't we're going to talk this. football all night yeah, right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Talk all We're in our glory. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. You guys can do hey, that. Hey, Mike, right thanks ahead. so much. Well, you know, oh, thanks talk, so great, much. Great we look forward to, to talking to you regularly thanks, and uh, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks Frank, for uh, I guess that's it. The event. Dan, you want to lead us out? I would love to. I just want to say that I love being a part of this Fighting Words family. Pop, I love you. I hope you're doing – I hope you get better. I hope you're doing really well right now. And, uh, man, it was another good night on the show. It's been way too long. I know I don't usually do the Wednesday night show, but uh, hopefully we can get up that uh, that uh, boxing and MMA show on the weekends again. I'd love to start doing that. And uh, you know what? It was a long break, a little, maybe a little bit too long. But uh, definitely yeah. happy to be back. And, uh, again, love to be a part of this Fighting Words family. See you all next time. We were we glad are. to have you. We were glad to oh, have thank you. you. And, uh, thank you. Yeah, we're yeah, back to, we appreciate it. We're back to Wednesday. We're back to Saturday night, too, Caden. So be ready. Uh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Oh, oh there wait, um, Hopefully I don't work. Hopefully I don't work. Hey, hey Frank, yeah. listen, uh, prayers are answered. Uh the um the or will be next week or is it going to be back to uh, nine twenty or nine twenty five whatever? It'd be nine. It'd be nine to thirty. It'd be nine thirty next week. Yeah. Nine thirty. Okay. Okay. And hopefully Don will be back and uh, we'll have everything. Right. And um, you know right. what? Uh, I think the the uh, uh, Phillies uh, uh, may. I know they're home this weekend. Uh, Dan yeah. is. Uh, I've talked to him. You know, he's looking forward to you being well. Yeah. Uh, and looking forward yeah. to being on, so we'll we'll get a whole cast right. of our regular cast. Okay, we're we're, we're okay. just putting this have off a, the air now. Oh, have a great okay. week. Take care.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.